0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Dr. Glenn Wolf. Dr. Wolf is a speaker, author strategic leadership consultant and executive pastor at city church of orlando located in sanford florida in this episode he'll be discussing his 2023 book release entitled switch point the effective transfer of church leadership lean in as Glenn shares some helpful insights regarding leadership succession and pastoral transitions in churches lean in leaders get ready to take some notes and let's get started Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, AKA Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. I'm your host for the Avail Podcast, where we talk all things leadership. Christian leaders lean in. We are sitting with another great leader, none other than Pastor Glenn Wolf, Dr. Glenn Wolf, who is an executive pastor. He's an author. He's a husband. He's a father. He's going to help us out with his new book, which is going to talk to us about something that I think everybody needs to think about. The book is Switch Point, talking about effective transfer of church leadership. We're going to talk about that in a second. Dr. Glenn Wolf, how does it feel to be on the Avail podcast?
1: Man, so excited to be with with you. Thank you for the time. I'm so honored to spend I- even a few minutes with these great <laughs> leaders that are watching this podcast. Seriously, really honored.
0: Yeah, we're happy to have you. And before we jump into the conversation, it would be great for our our AVAIL audience to just lean in, get to know you a little bit. Tell us who is Glenn Wolf.
1: Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus who happens to be a pastor i don't know if i'll always be i don't know if i will always be a pastor but i do plan to always be a follower of jesus and my assignment right now has been to be a pastor in central florida and somehow i went on a doctoral journey and ended up writing this book that we'll be talking about today but more importantly uh, i'm married to my girlfriend and we've been married for 14 years we have two kids ethan is nine karis is seven and we have a dog named arnold palmer and uh, we named him after the great Arnold Palmer. He kind of looks like an Arnold Palmer, actually. And uh, we're just uh, loving life in Central Florida and excited to help as many pastors and leaders as possible.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. Um, uh, it's it's a great opportunity for us to lean in. I think, uh, um, you know, I, I love your perspective because you just said it. You're a follower of Jesus. You've had this just ministry assignment. Uh, in an executive pastor role in your church in Sanford in Central Florida, um, you've been really faithful, and you've had one. You told me you had you've had one pastor. Uh, you've been in this church, you've been faithful there, and the Lord has you serving in, in in this capacity at this point. And then this book, you know, God puts this this part part of your journey, part of your your growth and your ministry journey. Let's talk about the book. The book is called Switch Point. Talk to us. Why did you write this book? What's the heart behind it? And, uh, and how is it going to help us?
1: Yeah, I, had, I gave the talk about the book this last week, and I had a woman come up to me in tears, sobbing. She said, Glenn, if I would have had this book 10 years ago, we may not have lost our church, wow. and we may not have lost our property, and we may not have lost our congregation. She said, wow. every pastor in America needs this book. And obviously, I couldn't agree more. I'm not the only person talking about it, but there isn't a lot of people talking about this book. In fact, my Mm -hmm. doctoral journey, it kind of led to this book because I started asking people about their pastoral transition. I started asking lead pastors, what's your plan? And at worst, most of them could not even tell me there was a plan. And at best, they would regurgitate their bylaws that they really weren't sure about. Wow, and I thought, man, this is this is an untapped area that I think could be better. And I don't have all mm-hmm. the answers, but I do feel like I've spent a few years here, um, and I got a great great plan for leaders to help them win in this important area.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, can you just talk a little bit about the title of the book, uh, Switch Point? How did that come about? And and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of leaning in and 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 delving into. What led you to, A, the title of the book, and then, you know, this is part of your studies, part of, like, how did you yeah. land on this?
1: Yeah, so obviously, every leader has a switch point in their life. Uh, I think there's tons of them, and obviously, the book is around pastoral transition. But let me show you this story. So there's, there's a, uh, when I was in high school, yeah. my dream came true my freshman year of high school. I'd acne fill in my face, braces on my teeth and i was lacing up my tennis shoes to play in the in the boys varsity basketball state final this is what i dreamed for wow. my whole life bro i've i've shot so many shots <laughs> out in front of my driveway when my dad on my 10th birthday put in a concrete full tilt basketball hoop i could not believe it and ever since then, that was my dream. So finally, I'm living out my dream. I'm a freshman about to go play out. My heart's beating so fast. I can smell the popcorn. You know what I mean? I'm just, it's, yep. it's the greatest thing ever in my life at 15. And so we go on the court and we get through the layup line. We start the game. And the first quarter, we win by a little bit. The second quarter, we win actually by a little bit. The third quarter, we won by a little bit. But the fourth quarter, we lost. And even though we won the first three quarters, because of the way we lost the fourth quarter, we ended up losing the game. Wow. And if ministry leaders do, if we don't watch it, you can win your first quarter. You can win your second quarter of ministry. Mm. You can even club it in your third quarter. But if you do not win that fourth quarter, my friend, you could lose the game. And what's at stake? How do we lose the fourth quarter? It's when our ministry stops with us.
0: Whew. I think that puts a lot into perspective. I can imagine we got we got leaders on both ends of the spectrum. We got leaders that are that have been leading for decades, right? Um, and probably need to lean in really strongly to this. Uh we got other leaders that are that are getting the just getting in the game. Um, and you mentioned about about everybody. You mentioned this is something everybody has yeah. to think about and has to deal with. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, so obviously my heart is to see as many leaders as possible win their fourth quarter, hmm. and I also want to see as many leaders as possible win their first quarter. And it breaks my there's just too much at stake, Virgil. They, they're yep. just your your reputation, your congregation, and I think most importantly, the mission of God continuing beyond you and me for future generations to come. I know you talked about you're a father, I'm a father. I don't want the gospel. The spirit of God, the ecclesia in my local congregation stopping with me. In fact, I hope it goes to another level with generations to come. And so there's just, unfortunately, the studies are out that nine out of 10 churches, there's 480,000 churches that will be transitioning in the next 10 years. And the stats are that nine out of 10 of them will do so with no plan in place and it's just it, there's just way too much at stake and my heart honestly is i want to see great leaders that have done so well in their life end well and i you know if you i know you've been around church for a long time but all of us know of a really horrible failed succession story <laughs> and unfortunately many of us have, have lived through them yeah. and you know obviously you you can't you you can't you prevent everything. But I tell you what, there are some really basic things. A mentor of mine, Sam Chan, he always tells me, he says, Glenn, things don't go wrong, they start wrong. And if leaders early on in their journey would pick up a book like Switchpoint, not only will it help them when that when that day comes of transition, it'll help them lead then great. I'm telling you, it will help you lead now. And as you talk about everybody's in a transition. Everybody's in a succession. We are, every parent that's watching this video, you're in a succession right now with your children. Mm-hmm. Every, if, if you have any responsibility today, you're in a succession. Sometimes if I ever give a talk on this, I, tell, I force everybody in the room to say, I am in a succession, you know? And <laughs> here's, what I, here's what I tell them. I'll, I'll say, everybody repeat after me. One day I will hand off my position and authority To someone else. At some point, that's going to happen. Every youth pastor that's watching, you're not always going to be a youth pastor. Every volunteer leader, if you run a nonprofit today, if if you started a business, a cleaning business, there's just, at some point, you're going to hand it off. And when you have that in mind, it shapes how you approach today. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I am one day Going to hand off my position and my authority, it does a few things for me. Number one is it does this, it humbles me. Mm-hmm. It humbles me. It just it 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 makes me realize that whatever I'm building right now for the glory of God is not for me, it's for the glory of God, and it's ultimately his story, not mine. Mm-hmm. You know what what was it said about David? He served God in his generation and died. Mm-hmm. That that was his assignment. That's your assignment. That's my assignment. I don't need to do your assignment. You don't need to do mine. I'm simply gonna do what God's called me to do. And in the book, I talk about the metaphor of a parade. That, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the Macy's Day Parade, right? All of us typically at some point have it on. And, you know, if you're actually at the parade, which I've never done, and I don't really ever wanna go to, honestly. <laughs> but when I watch it online, I get that aerial view where I can see each part of the parade. That's mm-hmm. God's grand view of his mission that's way beyond you and my generation. All I can do if I was on the ground or if I was in the parade, I can only see my part. And really it's our, its our we've gotta make sure that we do our part in God's grand parade. And so, and another thing it does for me when I think about transition, it challenges me to realize that every Sunday matters. Mm-hmm every staff meeting matters. What we choose to talk about with our kids, this next uh, family vacation, it Mm -hmm. matters. You're not getting another one next year Mm -hmm. with that same time. And it, it puts an urgency when you start thinking about the end in mind, because all of a sudden, you're not just getting through a Sunday, you're 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 leaving something into the people of God that you're preaching to, or or if you're in a business, you're not just trying to get through another quarter. We're 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 adding to the organization, we're adding to the ethos, we're adding to the culture that we're wanting to create. And then lastly, you know, it 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 makes you figure out what you value most. The moment that you think about one day I'm going to hand off something, well then honestly, you know. I've, I've told, we, we have an internship at our church. We're trying to raise up as many leaders as we can. And I'll tell them, you know, I think before I die, all the lights will be back on in the auditorium. <laughs> like, it's just that those things are fads, lighting and sound and, and whether it's an LED wall now or it's going to, where is it going to be in 30 years? It'll be something different. We might get away from some of the media. Honestly, who knows? That stuff is not as valuable when you start mm-hmm. thinking about what's most important for lasting legacy that's beyond us. So there's a ton at stake. And if we if we get this this type of book in our heart, uh, we're just better for it. And people have asked me, they say, man, I'm just, I'm 10 or 20 or 30 years away from a transition or, man, you know, it's just, I'm not, that's not where I'm at. I would argue the earlier you read something like this, the better you will lead then. And I believe the better you will lead now.
0: Yeah, this is good. For, for all of you Avail listeners and viewers, um, Dr. Glenn Wolf's book is Switchpoint, um, specifically the effective transfer of church leadership. How many of us wish we had some of these resources and insights from this book uh, in past years? transitions and how many of us are thankful to have it now. Uh, I'm just kind of looking over the table of contents. You, you give some biblical examples of transition. Uh, and of course you, you kind of go into another part of the book where there's uh, leadership succession in, in different churches. Uh, you talk about yeah. a, a guide for the outgoing pastor, a guide for the incoming pastor. There's so much rich, rich uh, knowledge and um, experience. I, I want to ask you this question. Um, Glenn, because it's hard for me to understand this. Everything you're saying makes sense and everybody agrees. Yes, this is so important. Why is it that nine out of 10 pastors slash churches are not prepared for, or do not have a plan for transition succession. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is proud to announce that for a limited time, you can get over $273 worth of leadership resources in the Avail plus box for just $10 in shipping. Inside the Avail plus box, you'll find leadership books, study guides, magazines, and other content that we know will equip you with everything you need to inspire inspire, motivate, and guide your team to success. Stop putting off your leadership growth on the back burner and start investing in becoming the leader you were made to be. Learn practical strategies, knowledge, and leadership tools curated by some of the industry's leading experts. Take the first step in your leadership growth. Purchase your Avail Plus box today before they're all gone by visiting availbox.com.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is a lot of my doctoral research went into this. There's not short answers to it, but for the sake of the <laughs> podcast, I will give the most abrupt answers I can. Got it. Number one, I, and I'm not even going to put these in order, but I'm just going to give you the top three. Okay. One of them is fi- it's just finances that mm-hmm. that outgoing pastors are not prepared to retire. And uh, the boomer generation very much followed the footsteps of pioneering that lots of, lots of boomers are trailblazers they were the ones that planted the church they were the ones that uh, you know they followed bill hybels mm-hmm. and rick warren and some of them and 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 so they gave it all i mean they gave retirement and depending on what your theological background is if if you if you feel like the rapture is going to take place overnight then you never gave re- you, if the lord was coming back tomorrow you didn't put anything in retirement anyway sure so <laughs> <laughs> so so finances is a, is a real issue um and so some of that is that they simply cannot let go of it because they mm-hmm. don't know where that cash flow, even if it's not huge, they don't know where they're gonna get that cash flow, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um the other part of it is is that I've just that they forget that their first name is not pastor. And so uh, when you don't learn the rhythms of Sabbath, the rhythms of taking time off, when, when the church is your hobby and the mm-hmm. hobbies are your church, and you don't have a life outside of it, you don't know what else to go to or find. And in fact, actually, we could even get into this a little bit. But when I talk to, if I'm taking, here's what this book is. If I never got the opportunity to consult you or your church, this book can do it almost on its own. Wow. My, my thought around it is, okay, if I never had the time to be with you, and if I didn't know your context, because every succession is, is, is specific and it's contextual, right. but there are major steps, there, there are major principles that we'll walk through. And the reason why I wrote this book is because most books out there talk about one person's success story. Um, or it's somebody that talks about best practices to implement in your your transition. Mm -hmm. This one is a sequence of steps. So if you're an outgoing pastor and you're thinking one day I'm gonna transition, what do you do first? What do you do second? What do you do third? And if you're an incoming pastor and somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, I think you're next, what do you do? Hmm. who do you talk to or is it appropriate to negotiate a salary is it not when do you do that when do you not do that um and if and if and if we could even just jump the gun maybe a little bit here but mm-hmm. the very first step for an outgoing pastor yeah is this is to ensure that you and your family are spiritually and emotionally healthy hmm. that's step one what i find leaders do is that they will start their transition with all the strategy and forget this principle that this is the most emotional leadership challenge you will ever have. And so here's the challenge. This is where it gets, gets (laughs) difficult, uh, which I obviously you can tell I'm fired up about. Here's, here's the challenge that leaders, they, as if you and I went on a run, right? And you you told me, man, I can go five miles. And I'm like, I'm going to go six, which by the way, I'm not sure I can run a mile. So I don't know <laughs> about you. <laughs> but if, if we were trying to figure out who could run further, we would just give it everything we got until we got nothing left. And that's how far we went, right? Mm-hmm. And if leaders don't watch it, they take that same approach. And the problem is that at the very end, they are burnt out, they are spent, they have nothing left in the can because they went year, they went to their max. Here's the challenge: is that at the end, they actually need the most energy mm. to transition well. Mm-hmm. They need the most emotional health at that point. And so I'm actually working with a church. Uh, and I'm consulting them and I'm so proud of them because they said, Glenn, our buildings paid off. We feel like we could do it another five years. We, f- we feel like the church is really healthy and we felt like God told us that this is the time to transition when everything's going well, not when everything's starting to decline. And I wow. told them, I said, I am so proud of you. <laughs> you are not normal because most leaders and gosh. And if I could just speak to every outgoing pastor, your reputation is at stake. And, and here's the deal: you won't be remembered by your first, second, or third quarter. You're going to be remembered by your fourth. Wow. And unfortunately, great leaders. I, 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 in my book, I we go on a road trip for a whole section, and we we talk to churches with multi-site churches under 300, churches over 3,000. I wanted to get a bunch of different. Perspectives on transition, and one of them said, "Glenn, I've I've raised over thirty million dollars for buildings. All of our buildings are paid off." He said, "I thought that was the hardest thing I was going to do." He said, "It it took." He, he said, "I'm now bald." That's what he said. <laughs> he said, "He said I lost all my hair." He said, "I had no idea that this succession would actually be the hardest thing I've ever done." Wow. It is the most it is the most emotional. So here's here's step one is ensure that you and not just you, but your spouse, your kids, that they don't forget that you have a first name and it's not pastor. And there is life beyond this. Mm. And what I also find is that many consultants only focus on the the main leader, the main pastor, and they fail to realize that the spouse needs. Consulting and coaching so good. around around that. It, it, it's really the book. Probably the next book that needs to be written is is one that would help the spouse succeed. So, here, because here's what's at stake: if you're a little bitter, it's going to be multiplied. Wow! If you're if you're if you feel a little dishonored by the board, it's going to come out. If you feel like you got to start grabbing for stuff because people aren't honoring you, mm. and you have this perspective that it's supposed to happen. Um, it's going to come out. And, you know, your board has to be led, your family has to be led, your congregation has to be led, and you have to be led. And the center to all that is you, is the Mm -hmm. outgoing pastor. And so if they are spiritually and emotionally healthy, I'm telling you, it covers a multitude of sins.
0: This is huge. You know, uh, you mentioned some incredible numbers, you know, of of the so many churches that that are going to literally be in transition, whether they like it or not, whether they're ready for it or not. That's right. Within within the next years, and that's why this is so pertinent. Um, the book is Switch Point. Everybody, Switch Point, talking about uh, effective transition in church leadership. Uh, from your perspective, from your studies, you know, and obviously, you you know, without giving away the whole book, you know, your book has a lot of very good chapters here. What stands out as, you mentioned kind of like step one, what stands out as another practical aspect or step or or key for successful transitions that, that maybe you want to just point out to us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so step one is get your heart right. It's really what it is. Just And, and don't assume that you're doing good. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I, I would I would do the hard work of doing that. And I help you through the book do that. Second step is make sure your finances are in order. Hmm. So uh, that's why if you if you wait too long to read a book like this, you won't have time to get prepared for a great succession because you can't change your financial situation overnight. Right. In fact, the earlier you get this in your heart, the better you will do specifically at the financial side, Mm -hmm. because uh, most most people, like I said, it just I mean, obviously, nobody's hopefully nobody that's given it all for the gospel is doing it for the money. Let's just, right. let's just be honest. I had an intern one time. He came up to me and he, he, he wanted to take me to lunch. And he said, he said, hey, how do I get your job? That was his first question. He was 19. I, I loved it. You know, I love that. He said, how do I get your job? And number two, he said, if I go into ministry, will I ever be able to own a home? And will I ever be able to take my kids on a cruise? That was his question. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great question. You know what I told him? I looked him right in the eye and I said, you have to die to that you may never own a home and you may never take your kids on a cruise and you got to settle that in your heart. Hmm. Now that that's settled, let's figure out how you can own a home. Let's figure out how you can take your kids on a cruise. Right. But you got to get that part right first. So obviously we're not in it for the money, but, but hospitals don't run without the money. (laughs) Right. And so there's a real practical part to that. And so, Yeah. So you're getting your finances in order and that's where bringing in a consultant like me and there's other great ones out there can help you and your church navigate best practices to help outgoing pastors financially set themselves up. And then the third one, uh, the third step would be that you would just get your structure right. Um, You know, so like if your bylaws haven't been looked at for 40 or 50 years or depending on how long your church is. Uh, you need to get your bylaws and your governing documents intact. You need to get your structure intact. The truth is that most outgoing pastors, your ecosystem of leaders that you have on your staff or volunteers, they're built around your personality. And that's not a bad Mm -hmm. thing. That's a good thing. That's what you should do. You find your weaknesses and fill them with people that Mm -hmm. are called to do them. right? So that's not a bad thing. But as you get closer to transition, you start to need to think about how does this thing run without me? Where is my personality helping the organization? Where is my personality holding the organization back? And some of that is just bringing somebody in the outside in. And I think at that point after step three is when you start to talk to your board about transition. So some leaders will talk to their board too early and that's a problem. Now, most of the pastors I know personally have great relationships with their board. Mm -hmm. Most of the churches that I personally work with have great relationships with their board, but that is not the case with everybody out there. No, And depending on how your board structure, if you are elder driven, uh, you would have to work through the leadership nuances of figuring out the best time to bring up the idea of, hey, I'm not always going to be here because if you tell them wrong or in the wrong frame of mind, or if they don't really like you, which is, that's a problem in itself, they're going to, they're going to give you the boot quick. They're going to go, well, if, if your heart's already halfway out, then get down the road. And all of a sudden that would rob you and really rob the congregation and the mission of God at that, at that local church, the joy of seeing a great transition take
0: place. Yeah, this is good. I, you know, I can't help, but think as I'm hearing you talk about all of the factors and, and it's so easy for our mind to go to one specific. But the truth is there's two people on each side of this handoff, right? And and, and right. Here, here's just an interesting question for you. <laughs> is one, which which one has the, is there one that has the heavier responsibility? I mean, is it, yeah. is it the outgoing pastor that really carries the success of the transition? Is it the incoming pastor that has more of the weight? Is it kind of equal? What, what are your thoughts yeah. on that?
1: Well, that is why I have seven steps for the outgoing pastor and seven steps for the incoming pastor, because wow. it is at, just like you said, it's both. And I even in my book, I'm telling you, my book is like worth a thousand dollars easy of just <laughs> consulting timelines and order of cert- Just my appendix alone is worth wow. way more than what the book is. Um, you almost should just buy it just for that. Uh, but yes, absolutely. And one of the things I do when I consult churches or any of my team of consultants that consult churches is this is that we stay on until six months after the transitions happened. And the reason why is because for whatever reason, some consultants are, are under the understanding that the moment the transition is, everybody's done and they're out. But if that incoming pastor screws that up at the beginning, it's just gonna set them back years that they don't need to mm-hmm. do. Just like what Sam Chan says, things don't go wrong, they start wrong. Mm-hmm. And those first 90 days for that incoming pastor are so crucial. They're important about deciding what to change and what not to change. But to answer your question, it is the outgoing pastor's responsibility for this transition to work appropriately. You know, Maxwell talks about there's change in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. And the outgoing pastor has the change in his or her pocket that the incoming pastor just doesn't have. So if I'm working with a church, one of the things I would, as we get closer to the handoff, as I would be talking with the incoming pastor around what hires they want who flows with them well what what even just services there was a church uh that that i studied where they had a saturday night service and the incoming pastor had a young family and he hated it (laughs) he didn't like it you know (laughs) well what they did is that they 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 lopped the service off before the transition ever took place because the outgoing pastor is the one with the credibility. Mm. And so the outgoing pastor's responsibility is really to use his or her credibility to right. pave the way for the first season of that incoming pastor where hopefully the incoming pastor is not making massive changes. They're able to come in because the changes have already been made on the
0: on the on the front end. Wow. That's good. It's, it's, it's even almost a little counterintuitive because you're thinking, Hey, this new guy's got to really take it. But there really is a a powerful influence that, that the outgoing, pastor, especially if it's somebody who's well-respected and, and, you know, and is loved by the congregation. This is great. You know, I, I want to take, take a moment here. We're getting to the final stretch. Um, I want to help people connect with you, uh, Dr. Wolf. And I also, and I also want to teach them where to go to get this book because I think there's a few of us who need to order like five to 10 copies for our lead team right now, and even gift it to a pastor or a a pastor friend that might need it. How can we connect and and where can we find this book?
1: Yeah, all social media, Dr. Dr. Glenn Wolf. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. But if you wanna purchase the book, glenwolf.org, glenwolf.org, that would be the best place I also on, on my website, I also have a free succession emergency template. And all it is, is just if the pastor, I know this sounds morbid and terrible, but if you got hit by a bus today, Mm -hmm. is there a document that would guide your church through what happens? I have a free one I'll give to you. All you have to do is go to glenwolf.org. It's on me. And even if you already have one, you can compare it to what I have, but I would encourage everybody should have an emergency document. For that, uh, it would save the church and everybody uh, a ton of time. But yes, you can purchase the book at glenwolf.org. I actually have a pastor that just bought fifty of them, and he's handing wow. them out at his next leadership luncheon. I have another pastor that just bought thirty-five of them. He wants to hand them out to his section. So, I mean, it is it is absolutely the issue.
0: Question: Is there is there any other additional resources that are that accompany the book?
1: Yeah, so I do, uh, me and my team, we do provide uh, strategic consulting for churches. Uh, And so uh, we're limited in how many we're doing. And so that's already filling up. Uh, It is a massive issue. But yeah, I would love to. You can go to glenwood.org. You can find me on any of the social media handles. And I'd love to help you in any way I can. And even if there's just a, if you just want an hour of, of a free phone call where you just say, hey, can I just dump out what I'm thinking? I am honored to help in any way I can.
0: This is awesome. I love this, uh, leaders. You just heard it, uh, Dr. Glenn Wolf's book, Switch Point. Everybody needs to start talking about and planning for succession, no matter how young you are, and especially if you're getting a little bit older. Uh, it's important to have a plan. I- I'm so thankful. Um, I'm so thankful, Glenn, for your life and for for God's hand upon you. To I think this is going to bring resources, handles, uh, insight, and just template for Pastors and churches to start start taking the, the step in the right direction. Uh, if you go to glenwolf.org, that's where you can purchase the book, everybody. Glenwolf.org. I want to mention one more resource because we're all about resources here at Avail. The Avail Journal. The Avail Journal, everybody, if you're watching or listening and you do not yet subscribe to it, First Years on Us, go to AvailJournal.com, get a free year subscription of the Avail Journal. These come out quarterly. Uh, Glenn, I'm sure you held an Avail Journal in your hand at one point or maybe seen one.
1: That's right. Yeah, I have one on my coffee table.
0: <laughs> yeah, leaders, resources are going to help you in your leadership. The right leadership resources like the avail journal, uh, the right leadership resources like Glenn Wolf's book, <laughs> Switchpoint, Effective Transition in Church Leadership. Man, this is what it's all about. Um, I'd, I'd love, I'd love, uh, Dr. Wolf, for one final thought from your heart, one final nudge or encouragement. What do you want to leave with our leaders today?
1: Yeah, one final thought is this is that maybe your greatest contribution to to Kingdom Impact isn't what you produce, but what you pass on. Let's pass on something great. That's awesome.
0: Your greatest contribution may not be something you produce, but rather something you pass on. Drop the mic, hashtag. Dr. Glenn Wolf, this has been awesome. I, I, I'm really excited. Everybody go to glennwolf.org, get get a bunch of these books and bless some pastors that you know or that you serve under or that are in your region. Um, this is gonna be helpful. If you know a pastor's association maybe or just a church that, that you wanna bless, just buy buy some of these books and take them out there. Um, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, the whole Avail team, uh, Dr. Glenn, we just want to say thank you for doing what you do. We honor you, we bless you. Your testimony is 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 powerful—a testimony of faithfulness and consistency, and following God's calling on your life. And now this, uh, this book, which I think is a great resource. We, we honor you, we bless you, and we're thankful for you.
1: Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for
0: thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Hey, Avail listeners and viewers, thanks for connecting once again to the Avail podcast where we talk life and leadership, and in this case, transition and succession. On behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida, and uh, excited to be here for one more episode. If you want to keep leaning in, next week there'll be another fresh episode coming out where we continue talking leadership, and uh, go to get this book, glenwolf.org. Catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Dr. Glenn Wolf. You can find more about Glenn on social media and by going to glennwolf.org. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.